0: Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of LifeHouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. Well, good morning, LifeHouse family. How we doing? Good, good, good. First off, I want to just say thank you to Pastor John Uh, for giving me this opportunity to speak this morning, but not just that, but beyond that with everything that you've done for me personally in my life, um, I encountered Pastor John, as he said, when I was 18 in college, Um, never forget when I first met him and he started stuttering and I was like, oh dear God. (laughs) Like, I am too ADHD for this. This is going to be a long relationship. <laughs> but, you know, but that comes from the mind of an 18-year-old that literally knows nothing but thinks he knows everything. And John saw me, and let's just put it this way. I, Looking back now, I realize that I was definitely a project. I'll uh, so put it that way. Put it lightly. I was definitely a, a project. <laughs> Is the project yes? And John decided to take on that project. Took me under his wing, uh, poured into me in more ways than you can imagine. Uh, he's he's uh, poured into me, my wife, given us places to stay when we needed a place to stay. Um, he's fed me. He's done all kinds of stuff for me. So I just want to say thank you, Pastor John. Thank you for following the uh, the call that God's placed on your life to in this dream of LifeHouse, And if, real quick, if you could join me, if you can, if you stand with me for one second, just. Everybody join me, staying if you can, across this room. And if you have been impacted by the dream that God has placed on John's heart, this dream of Lifehouse, if you've been impacted at all, I'm going to count to three. I'm a, I want you to give up the biggest, loudest praise you can. Five seconds, just five seconds of praise to God for all that he's doing in Lifehouse and all he's done in life. On the count of three. One, two, three. Give it up. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Awesome. Praise God. Woo. You may be seated this morning. You may be seated. Praise, man. Praise is such an underrated, underused tool in our life. It is truly a weapon of spiritual warfare that I think goes unused too much in our lives. And I think that when we take um, praise and we partner it with the practicalities of our life, it becomes so much more than that. So today, today. I I want you to turn to your neighbor and say the title of my message this morning, Today is Your Day to Slay with Praise. That's it, yeah. Today is your day to slay with praise. Woo, there we go. I'll take that, yeah. All right. Today is your day to slay with praise. Now, when Pastor John reached out to me about uh, preaching, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I was like, God, what do you want me to, do you want me to speak today? Where do you want me to speak from? For, for this message, and he kept saying, David and Goliath, David and Goliath. And I'm like, really, God? Really? Like, my first time really preaching, preaching at Lifehouse, you going to give me the kid story, David and Goliath? Like, at least three-quarters of the people in there have heard this story already. Like, <laughs> like you going to give me that? And he, and God spoke to me and said, you know, how many times have you faced a giant in your life? And not talking about like a literal giant, but things that you come across in your life that are obstacles. How many? Times, and I'm like, well, a lot. <laughs> He's like, and how many do you think that people are going through in their lives, in their lifespan? A lot, <laughs> a lot. So do you? Th- don't you think it'd be a good idea to talk about facing giants in our lives, facing obstacles in our lives? Yes, God, <laughs> I'll do it. You, whatever you say. Enough. Okay, I got it. So I'm looking at David Goliath. So I really want us to take a second and look at this scripture and set this scene. Okay. So we have two valleys, or two mountains, excuse me, one valley. On one side, we have the Israelite army. On the other side, we have the Philistine army. If you look throughout the Bible, this is a constant problem between the Philistines and the Israelites. Over and over again, these people are fighting and are at war. They need to just figure this stuff out. I don't know, but they couldn't do it. So every day in the morning, this man named Goliath would come out, a giant man. Would come out, he would be led down into the valley, and he would call out the armies of Israel. Now, this guy is not just your typical guy. This guy's over nine foot tall and swole, okay? Swole. Like bigger than Kerry Jones, swole, okay? Like we're talking massive, okay? Forget the rock right? We're we're, we're talking about over nine foot tall and massive. And this brother comes out there, and he's talking trash about the God of Israel. And he's like, hey, if your God's God's so powerful, send a man out. Let him fight me. If he kills me, we'll be your slaves. But if I kill him, y'all are our slaves. Now, when I was younger reading this text, I never understood why no one would, uh, you know, just pull up an arrow and shoot him in the head. Like, I didn't, I didn't, like, my thought process was, look, man, when somebody could talk trash back in our neighborhood, we all jumped two hands and feet, and we were going to beat somebody up, right? But then I realized, once I got into the actual understanding of the text and the context of what is happening, that you realize that the Israelites had no real weapons. Israelites had no real weapons. The Philistine army had the metalworking lifestyle on lock, They own the monopoly on metalworking. It's actually believed that they're the ones who introduced metalworking into that. So there was no swords. There was no real armor. If you wanted it, you had to go to the Philistines and beg and pay a hefty price in order to get it. So when you're looking at these two armies, you literally have a battle between the haves and the have-nots. You have the people with all the all the weapons, all the armor, all everything, then you got the people with the sticks. How many of y'all ever felt like that in life? Where something comes up against you in life and life's ready to fight you, and all you got is a stick <laughs> like 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 you' come to a gunfight with life and you show up with a toothpick like that's all you got and like and it's a real thing, like we laugh like it's it's a funny idea, but a lot of us feel that way. Like, I don't know what your situation is. Like, I don't know if maybe you have massive debt, and literally all you can afford every month is a minimum payment. I don't know if you have a crazy teenager, and there's literally no, nothing else you can take away from them. You've taken the door off the hinges, left them with nothing but a mattress, and, and you've grounded them to the point of where they think they're in jail already. And they're still crazy, and you don't know what else to do. Maybe your relationship, your marriage is on the rocks, and all you know to do is to pray, and you, all you can do is the little things in life, to try to keep some sort of peace. And life comes at us like this, and we feel like all we have are these sticks. And, we're in, and there's a Goliath, and there's this giant, like, making fun of us and taunting us and calling out to us. And we're like, maybe feel like we're like five foot tall and got sticks. I don't know if you've been there, but I've been there. Life is constantly throwing its way at me, and I, I feel like all oh, I got is some sticks. But I want to challenge you today. If there's a challenge, there's, it's this. I want you to partner the practical things that you do, the, the minimum payments, the little things you do with praise. Because I believe when you partner the practical with praise, the miraculous can happen. I believe that wholeheartedly. So continuing on with our story. So David, David is the youngest of all his brothers right? So David didn't have to go to war just yet. But his his father says, hey, I need you, I ain't heard from your brothers in a hot minute, so if you could take some bread and some cheese and go see your brothers, see how they're doing, that'd be great. So David's like, sure, why not? So he goes goes up, and he sees Goliath. Goliath comes out, and he's talking trash again, talking about how there is no God of Israel, and, and he'll fight anybody, bring it on, all that good stuff. And David, David's like, yo, why ain't nobody fighting? <laughs> like, what? Well, man up. Let's go. Like, knock if you buck. Come on. Like, we going we to fight today, right? Like, what's up? And he said, hey, but before I do this, what, did, what, what happens to the person that fights, fights Goliath? And the people look at him and say, well, the king did mention that if you fight Goliath and win, he'll give you a bunch of riches, you'll get to marry his daughter, and your family lives tax-free. David said, hold up. You said I can get rich, marry the king's daughter, and my family live tax free. Bing, sign me up. Hold my bread. Like you tell me, I could get all that and live tax free. Come on, somebody say amen. That sounds like a real good deal to me. Like you, <laughs> you finish it off and you get to get taxes free and the girl and the money. Come on. Now see, it's even better than that, because when David, before all this, David was had already been anointed to be the next king. But David had no real bloodline into the throne. David had no real way into the throne, into the palace, until this opportunity came up to marry the king's daughter. The opportunity came up to get married the king's daughter and become part of the bloodline. See, the thing is, there was the palace was waiting on him. The promise was waiting on him. But David had to go through the process in order to get to the palace, in order to get to the promise. Now, we don't like that word process because process usually means giant. <laughs> process usually means that we have to do the practical things that hurt, but the, but the thing is there is no palace without the process. There is no promise without the process. The process and the practical are the same thing. So what I'm telling you is that when you partner the practical with praise, you will reach the promise, The promise is there, but you just have to go through the practical. You have to go through the process. And when you partner with praise, I promise you, you will get to the end. You will get to the promise that God has for you. You just have to partner together and actually do it and be willing to do it. So continuing on, David, David's like, yeah, man, sign me up. (laughs) We're going to do this thing. And then his brothers come out of nowhere, of course. And he's, they start accusing him. Like, like, what are you doing here? Like, you just here to see the fight and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And they're accusing him of different things. And David looks at him and goes, can I not talk? Y'all ever felt like that? Don't you look at your spouse. Don't you look at your spouse, right, because you will be in trouble. Because if you've been there, like, can I not get a word in? That's a whole other sermon, by the way. That's a whole other sermon. Don't, don't let people keep you from your blessing. But anyway, we're going to get into that another time. But, so he's causing a ruckus with his brothers. Saul hears, King Saul hears about David because of this. He hears that there is a man out there that wants to fight Goliath. Well, news to me, like 40 days ago, ain't nobody volunteered, so bring the man in. Let's see what he's got. So David rolls up, sees Saul, and Saul looks at him like, you, you little. <laughs> like, you, you young. Like, have you seen Goliath? That's a big man. That's that is a whole lot of meat right there. Over nine foot tall and massive, swole, and you a toothpick. Like, like, you can't do this. There ain't no way. And David says humbly, look, when the sheep, when one of my sheep, when I was a shepherd, was taken by a bear, I went after it. And the Lord delivered the bear into my hands and I killed the bear. When the lion came and took one of my sheep. I went after the lion, ripped the sheep out of the lion's mouth, and the Lord delivered the lion into my hands. And trust me, this Philistine ain't nothing compared to them. Because the Lord delivered them into my hands, and he will deliver that big man into my hands today. Sorry. <laughs> I feel led today. I don't I don't I don't know who this is for. I'm sorry this is off track. I don't know who this is for. But somebody here today the Lord wants you to know. The Lord wants you to know that as David went after that one sheep, as David went to those lengths to fight the bear and the lion for that one sheep, he will pursue you, has pursued you to greater lengths, and will continue to pursue you to greater lengths until he can have you in his arms again. I'm sorry, I don't know who that's for, but somebody, somebody's received that today in Jesus' name. So anyway, back to the story. So so he, they're like, okay, going up. what's happening here? See, what's going on right now is that David, David's welling up a passion inside of him. David's welling up a passion inside of him right now. It's developing. See, when you live a life of praise, it reminds you of all those things that God brought you through. It reminds you of all those things that God took you through and took you out of. And when you start to bring put that testimony out on your lips and it comes out of your mouth, it brings up a passion inside of you. A passion is created inside you that is enough fuel to face your giant and not just face your giant but defeat your giant. So when you partner the practical with praise, it produces a passion inside of you that becomes a fuel. So then we get to the battle scene. Now, y'all, y'all got to bear with me because this is one of my favorite sections of scriptures on the planet. This whole book, I love this. If you have a competitive bone in your body, fasten your seatbelts because this is the best trash-talking session I have ever seen in my life, and I absolutely love it. So if you turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel 17, verse 40, and get ready. This is awesome. You ready for this? So this says, then David, David took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. Y'all ever hate beautiful people? <laughs> Let me tell you, ain't nothing get me angry than scrolling through Instagram, see some really good-looking tall, dark, and handsome dudes that with six-pack abs. I'm like, mmm. Anyway, story for another day. He said, he then said to David, Am I a dog? Did you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. That's tough. That's some tough trash talk. Let's see what David got to say. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Woo. This day, this very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you, all of y'all, into our hands today. Woo! I'm telling you right now. Look, man. Look, if there's some WWE, WWF fans in here, tell me that don't sound rich. That sounds sounds good right there. You can picture Hulkamania, like, just getting ready to go at it, man. Like, it gets me pumped up. But the thing is, it's so much more than trash talk. It is so much more than trash talk. What David is actually doing, if you notice, everything points back to God. Everything points back to the Lord and what he's going to do, what he's going to do today, what God is going to do. See, what happens is when you partner the practical with praise, it purifies our perspective. Because see, what David's doing here, he is magnifying God. He is magnifying the Lord. We are natural magnifiers as humans. Okay? We look at everything through a magnifying glass. If you don't believe me, count how many times you would be scrolling through Facebook and pass all the good stuff, and then you find one article that goes against your political beliefs, and it zooms in real fast. Am I right? Yeah, got quiet real quick. Or something that somebody says that you don't agree with, boom. Or that thing that's happening in your life, that debt, that big bill that's coming up, keeps you up at night because it's all you can think about. Or that fight you just had with your kid keeps you up at night. It's all you can think about. Can't work, can't go to work, can't be productive at work because all we can think about is how bad our relationship is at home right now and how rocky it is. We always tend to magnify the stuff that is wrong and the stuff that, that that is negative in our lives. But when you do what David did and when you live a life of praise, you begin to magnify God. And you realize when you're magnifying God how big God is and how little your giant is. You begin to realize that you serve the creator of the universe. The creator of the universe. Created everything. Holds everything in his palm. You serve him and you're problem is really not so big anymore when you start to live a life of praise and you begin to magnify let's keep reading here we go i'm excited now i done got pumped with the with the trash talk now now we get into the fight scene (laughs) here we go all right 48 as the philistine moved closer to attack him david ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him reaching into his bag taking out a stone he slung it and struck the philistine on the forehead The stone sank, I had to do it, I'm sorry. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell to the ground face down. David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword. And his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. Sorry, this is not PG, hide your children. He took hold of the Philistine's sword, drew it from the sheath after he killed him, and then he cut his head off with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. I'm here to tell you today that you if you partner the practical with praise, it provides power. It provides power. See, uh, if I can have the worship team make their way forward. When you, when they did studies on this to understand how this could be physically possible, they believed that David, when he slung that stone. That he when he whipped it out, it was going at least 90 miles per hour. So imagine a major league pitcher taking a rock and beaming it in your face. Okay. <laughs> now, the interesting thing is about this scripture in this text is that now look, I'm no physicist. Okay, I, I'm I'm I think I'm smart, but like. I'm not the smartest person in the room, and if there is anybody in here who is the smartest person in the room, they can help me out. Understand this. But I would think if you got hit with a rock going 90 miles an hour, you're going you're gonna to fall back like in the video. Right? That, make, that, that makes all the sense to me, right? You fall backwards. I'm not the only one who thinks that. You fall backwards. So when I did some, some, some praying and some trying to understand how this made sense, that, the, that Goliath fell on his face. God spoke to me and said, you realize those people who live a life of praise and who are true worshipers, they know how to make their giants worship. Let me say that again. People who live a life of praise and who are true worshipers know how to make their giants worship. When you partner... The practical with praise. It provides a power. See, that's not that's not regular physics power. That is nothing but God. That is nothing but the Lord. That is nothing but God's power to make him fall on his face. And then the beautiful thing is, is that right after that, David goes and picks up that sword. David picks up the thing that was meant to kill him. David picks up the thing that was meant to do him harm. David picks up the thing that was meant to do him and all of his people in and he takes it and it becomes his new weapon. It becomes his new weapon. See, when you partner the practical with praise, it provides that power to where you can take that thing when you beat your Goliath and you beat your giant and you take it and you can rush in at your next at your next giant with that weapon. That thing that was meant to destroy you, that thing that was meant to end you, that thing that was meant to crush you becomes your new weapon. It's crazy to think that after all that, they all ran, and then they all actually went and hunt down all of his brothers, killed them all too. One by one, everybody went and picked up a new weapon. No longer did they just have sticks. No longer did they just have sticks. They all picked up a new weapon. And then even better about this is that I love that David has always been the ultimate underdog story. That David, we use it in sports terms. Like, oh, it's it's a real battle of David and Goliath. Battle of veterans versus rookies. We do it all the time in sports. But I want to shed some light on David's story real quick. So you notice in the scripture, in the passage, that when he sees David come, David has a staff. Goliath looks and says, am I a dog? that you come at me with sticks? Plural. Sticks. Plural. David had one stick. See, many people believe that actually Goliath had suffered from an AIP genome that caused him to have gigantism. Now, the thing about gigantism is that one of the side effects is that you have double vision and you can't see, which would explain why he had to be led down into the valley and explain why he was seeing double of the sticks. And then we have David people were looking at David thinking that this is going to be a hand-to-hand fight. And that's what, that's what Goliath needed. Goliath was an infantryman, meaning he did hand-to-hand combat. He didn't need to see you. He could feel you. He could kill you. But David, there's a whole another section of the military back then that were called slingers. And, yes, I said sl- sling, L, slingers. Slingers, not with a W. Whole other thing that we're not going to talk about today. Slingers, okay? They would sling, okay? They would sling things. Now, these guys in the military were actually like the snipers of the military back in the day. These guys were known to be able to hit birds out of the air with a rock and a piece of leather. These guys were beasts. So in reality, when we look at this story, we look at David as this underdog because everybody pictures this hand-to-hand fight. And that's what everybody thought was going to be with David. But David knew better. See, We looked at him as an underdog, but in reality, David was the perfect weapon. David was the perfect one for this fight because he was the sniper. I'm here to look. Some of you today have your whole life you've been looked at as an underdog. Your whole life you've been looked at as an underdog. Or you looked at yourself as an underdog. But I'm here to tell you today that the Lord says that when I am with you, you're not an underdog. You're the perfect weapon to defeat the enemy. You are so much more than just some underdog. You are actually an overcomer. For greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. For the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives inside of you. And there's so much more that you will do. You are more than a conqueror. And because Christ overcame, you can overcome the world. You are not an underdog. If everyone's staying with me today as I close. I don't know what Goliaths you are facing today. I don't know what giants you have going on in your life. I don't know all that stuff about you. But an interesting thing about this story is that David, David comes from the tribe of Judah. And the tribe of Judah in the Bible literally means praise. It is not by coincidence or mistake that the Israelites deliverance came from praise. Then even better, David has this really pretty famous relative that comes along. His name is Jesus Christ. You know, the guy that came to die for our sins so we could be reunited with, Christ, with God in the long run. The one who died for us so we can be uh, in communion with him again. The one who died for all of our sins. He comes from the same line. And it's not by mistake or coincidence that our deliverance, that our Savior came from the same bloodline that came from praise. It is not by mistake. I don't know what giant you're facing this morning. I don't know what you have going on in your life or at home, but what I do know is that now is the time to begin to praise and add praise to your life and to get to fight your battles on your knees and in your hands in the air because God, is not a mistake that His Son came from the line of praise. And that is how we fight our battles. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to go into this song. And I beg you, if you, got, if you have facing a giant, see, the thing is, you're going to get through the other side if you keep doing the practical stuff. But how you make it through the other side is affects how you're going to face the next giant that you come across. And if you come through praising, you're going to go through the next, praising, the next one praising, and the next one praising, and the next one praising, and the next one praising. So now is the time to start. There, God, we thank you, Lord, that you are with us always. That you, that when we praise you, you, you inhabit our praises, Lord God. You come down in our praises and that you become one with us, Lord God, and commune with us and you give us the power, Lord God, that we are not underdogs anymore, but we're the perfect weapon. Lord God, I pray for all those who are facing giants today, Lord God, and those who have just come out and those who are going to get ready to go into battle, Lord. Thank you again for joining us on the Lifehouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 1030 a.m. at the Regal Kill Creek Movie Theatre. Until then, feel free to check us out at ww.theaterchurchinc.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much and God bless.